Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please join me in welcoming back to the show, back by popular demand, Miss Agnes Moorhead. In this first episode, Miss Moorhead plays a woman who ends up going back to her hometown. To conquer her fear of a train track so she goes in the tunnel and sees a man and she calls him from below and ends up finding out that the man does not like to be called like that because he has had a lot of tragic events happen on that train track, including seeing a figure of a man every time the train comes through the tunnel. And it is called the Signal Man. And in this next episode, Miss Moorhead plays a secretary for a... plays a secretary for a lawyer. The lawyer is trying to get one of his clients off or reduce his jail sentence. But unfortunately for the woman after she leaves her office for the night and goes to her local grocery store which is only two blocks from her apartment building. She ends up accidentally getting locked in the store for the night. But her night of darkness has only begun. And it is called the Weekend Special. I hope you guys enjoyed Miss Agnes Moorhead and her performance on the show this morning. Please stay tuned after the show to hear about tomorrow's part three Thanksgiving episode. I hope you guys have a wonderful day and always remember guys to enjoy the show. Thanks. And its 98,000 dealers bring you Miss Agnes Moorhead in tonight's presentation of Suspense. Tonight, Autolite presents a story in the classic tradition of suspense. A new version of Charles Dickens' terrifying short story, The Signal Man. Our star, the first lady of suspense, Miss Agnes Moorhead. It's Oscar, the super smooth and scintillating sedan. Super smooth is right, Harlow. I'm equipped with an Autolite electrical system. Ah, there's none better, Oscar. And it's because your Autolite electrical system is designed to operate as a team with all units and component parts 
related by Autolite engineering design and manufacturing skill to give you the smoothest performance money can buy. I know how important the electrical system is, Harlow. Sure you do, Oscar. And you know, too, how important it is to have only Autolite original service parts used when replacements are needed. Because only these parts are designed by Autolite engineers who design complete electrical systems used as original equipment on many leading makes of our finest cars, trucks, and tractors. So, friends, always insist on Autolite original service parts for your Autolite-equipped car. It pays in performance. And remember, from bumper to tail light, you're always right with Autolite. And now, Autolite presents transcribed The Signal Man, starring Miss Agnes Moorhead hoping once again to keep you in suspense. Smashed by like a wounded monster screaming in pain and disappeared into the dark tunnel. In those brief seconds, I had relived the emotions of my childhood. I still trembled with the child's terror and fascination that had surged through me the many times I stood here 20 years before. Nothing had changed. The steep, dripping wet walls of jagged stone that led down to the tracks. The gloomy mouth of the tunnel. The small signalman's shack huddled against the side of the cutting. Even the job was held by the same man, they told me in the village. He stood there in the glow of an angry sunset, furling a signal flag around a short pole. I called to him. Hello! Below! Instead of looking up at me, he turned tensely to stare toward a red signal light that glowed at the mouth of the tunnel. He finally turned, slowly, it seemed to me, even fearfully, and looked up. He stared at me, unanswering. I was afraid the suddenness of my call had unnerved him. I tried to compensate by being overly casual. Hello! I would like to speak to you. Is there a path I can use to come down? He stared silently a while longer, then finally pointed his flag to a spot in the cutting embankment. It was a zigzag path with small footholds cut through the clammy stone. The track seemed a mile below, but I was determined to get down. Midway, I sensed a vague vibration of earth and air, like a sound that could be felt but not heard. I tried to fight down a fear that suddenly gripped me. The air was filled with a violent pulsation. It seemed to have a force that could draw me down. I threw my hands up to my eyes as though to shut out some terrible sight. I flattened myself against the jagged rock and clutched hard. (laughs) 
Then I was angry with myself, ashamed of this uncontrolled, childish reaction. I could see the signal man still staring at me. I climbed down the rest of the way quickly, carelessly, and I walked toward him with a casual smile. He watched me expectantly. Hello. I'm Amy Sayers. I, uh, I used to live in the village. I was anxious to speak to you. I'm sorry I startled you when I called down. Why did you use those words? Those words? I hardly remember. I, I think I shouted hello below there or something to that effect. Not to that effect, miss. Those were the very words. I know them well. Admit those were the words. Oh, all right, I admit. Well, why did you use them? Well, you were below. I wanted to attract your attention, so I called hello below there. <laughs> it seems logical, doesn't it? Hi, miss. If you had no other reason... What other reason could I possibly have? I thought you would tell me. I'm sorry. Maybe I shouldn't have come down. I think I frightened you. Why would you think that, miss? Well, you, you stare at me as though you had a dread of me. I miss. I was doubtful whether I had seen you before. Well, if you have, it, it was when I was eight years old, standing on that bridge over the tunnel up there. I used to love watching the trains. Then my family moved to the city. This is my first visit back in 20 years. You don't believe me? I'm not certain. But where could you have seen me? Don't you know? Well, since I've been away for 20 years... Up I... there, by the red signal light at the mouth of the tunnel. Oh, that's why you turned and stared there when I first called. Aye, miss. Well, what would I be doing up at the signal light? I, I don't know. I wish I... Uh, it is a mistake, miss. I, I, I haven't been well. What is it you wish to speak to me about? Well, I'm a writer. I wanted to interview you. Uh, me? Why me, miss? Well, my magazine does a weekly biographical piece on interesting people and unusual occupations. It's called Close Up. I, miss, I've read... The... You have? Well, you seem surprised. Well, oh, pleased, perhaps. That one so unsophisticated as I... Well, I really didn't mean it that way. Uh, uh, there's a bit of a fire in my shack. It'd be more comfortable for you there. Yes, thank you. Why, this is a lonely post. Visitors must be rare. Aye, miss. The branch superintendent makes an annual inspection. That's all, except for... Yes? Uh, come, come in, please. How snug and comfortable. Well, most of my waking life is spent here. I've tried to make it pleasant. And you've succeeded. Uh, you were speaking of visitors just as we came uh, in. Uh, I'll put this chair nearer the fireplace. Thank you. Uh, one chills out there. I say you have a fine collection of books. Uh, they've given me much companionship in the long nights. Pretty weighty companions. Gibbon's Decline and Fall. Burton's Anatomy of the Melancholy. Darwin... Do they surprise you again, miss? May I be frank? I'll have to be if I'm to succeed with the article. My editor is only interested, you know, in the... Odd? The unusual. Oh, and the level of my reading seems above the level of my station. Well, not many people in any station these days. Oh, really. come, miss. Twas you called for frankness. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Why would a man with a mind capable of absorbing these subjects stay on a desolate job like this? <laughs> Good, miss. And I, I take no offense. You see, 
I had when young been very interested in the uh, natural philosophies. Oh? I set my course, I studied hard, planned the future. Uh, then I ran wild, misused my opportunities, went down, I've never risen again. But I've no complaint. I've made my bed, it's too late to make another. Maybe you gave up too soon. No, miss. No, there are forces beyond us that shape us. One must know when not to resist. I might have bloodied myself a while longer, but I knew I took this position 34 years ago. And you never regretted? No, uh, not until... Uh, Won't you please tell me? You first tell me what brought you here. But I have. You said nothing of what made you think of this place specifically. Uh, there are many places and people. Well, I told you I used to come here as a child. The trains frightened and fascinated me. I always remembered it vividly through the years. I promised myself that one day I would come back and do a story on it. Good subjects aren't easy to find, you know. Why did you choose just now to come? Oh, these ideas germinate in the writer's mind for a while, and then an impulse. And you were drawn here? You say that as though mystic forces were involved. <laughs> It was much simpler, I assure you. I've been working hard. I decided that a few days in the country would do me good. I planned to use them profitably by doing a story on you. But you might have come to that decision last month or last year. Well, that's, that's true, but I, I can't see why you attach such special significance to the fact that I... Why? do they frighten you so? Now, wouldn't you think I might outgrow that silly, childish... Well, if I was drawn here, as you say, I guess it was to see whether I had. The modern psychiatrist would say it was a desire to relive a childhood experience. Aye, miss. There are many answers. Why are you staring at me so? Oh, oh was I staring at you? Please, please, you promised something is preying on your mind. Can't you tell me? It's... It's very difficult to impart, miss. Very difficult to speak of. If you ever make another trip, I, I will try to tell you. Yes. Yes, of course. And I will have to make several trips before the story takes shape. When may I come again? Tomorrow? Oh, hi, miss, if you wish. I'll come at 11. You, uh, won't have... Difficulty getting up? No, no. It was only that first trip down. I'll show my white light till you reach the top. Thank you. I'll say good night now, miss. Good night, sir. I wish you a pleasant one. I regret I... Oh, yes, I understand. I, miss. I think you do. May I ask, then, when you get to the top, don't call out to me. I beg you, don't call out. I won't. And when you come tomorrow night, please, don't call out. Of course not. Good night. And uh, uh, may I ask one parting question? Yes, certainly. When you came down the path earlier tonight, midway, you suddenly threw your hands up to your eyes like this, as though to shut out some dreadful sight. Why? It was that uncontrollable, childish reaction. I felt as though the train would draw me down. I covered my eyes like a child not to see it. You... Had no feeling that the action was conveyed to you for some reason? 
No. Why should it seem otherwise? Because there has been someone at the red light at the mouth of the tunnel each night for a week now, holding its hands up to its eyes like that, as though to shut out some terrible sight. And you have actually seen it? Every night. Was it there tonight when you went to the door? Yes. I saw it quite clearly. Who was it? You. is bringing you Miss Agnes Moorhead with Joseph Kearns in The Signal Man. Tonight's presentation in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Hey, uh, Oscar, sound your horn. Play your radio. Now start your engine. All those operations depend on the sure, smooth performance of your Autolite electrical system, Oscar. And so do the lights, heater, and electric windshield wiper. They all depend on my Autolite electrical system, Harlow? They sure do, Oscar. And what's more, your Autolite electrical system works every second your engine runs. That's why Autolite electrical systems, designed to give the smoothest performance money can buy, are used as original equipment on many leading makes of our finest cars, trucks, and tractors. They're the best, Harlow. Right you are, Oscar. And friends, treat the electrical system of your car to a periodic checkup at your car dealer's or authorized Autolite service station. To quickly locate him, look in the classified section of your phone book or call Western Union by number and ask for operator 25. And remember, from bumper to tail light, you're always right with Autolite. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage... Miss Agnes Moorhead in Elliot Lewis's production of Charles Dickens' The Signal Man. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. I returned the next night as the distant clocks were striking eleven. The signal man waited for me at the bottom of the cutting with his white light shining. We walked silently to his shack, entered it, and sat down by the fire. I didn't wish to press him, so I said nothing. He stared at the burning embers for a moment. Then he turned to me. I... I'm going to tell you, miss, as best I can, what troubles me. I'm glad. I mistook you for someone else last night. That troubles me. The mistake? Oh, the someone else. Who is it, then? I don't know. What does it do? This time it stands with its left arm across its face. The right arm is waved violently this way, as though to say, for God's sake, clear the way, clear the way. You've heard those words? Not certain, not about these specific words, but I, I've heard it call before. When? Oh, one moonlight night about a year ago. I was sitting here when I heard a voice cry, Hello, below there. That's why you were so startled when I used the same words. Hi, miss. I ran to the door and looked out and saw this 
someone else standing up there by the red light near the tunnel, waving its arm as I just showed you. The voice was hoarse with shouting, and it cried, Hello, below there, look out, look out. I caught up my lamp and ran toward the figure calling, What's wrong? What's happened? Where? And when I got to the light, it was gone. Did you see where? The tunnel was the only place it could go without passing me. I ran into the tunnel for, oh, 500 yards and searched around with my light. Then I ran back here and telegraphed both ways. An alarm has been given. Is anything wrong? And the answer came back both ways. All well. Yes, of course. Now, I'm going to take advantage of last night's permission to be frank. You've been here more than 30 years, haven't you? It isn't the most cheerful place in the world with that moaning wind through the tunnel and the wild harp it makes of the telegraph wires. It's understandable that you could have the illusion that you heard a call. And anyone staring at the dark long enough, as you did from the door, can imagine seeing something. You've let it prey on your mind so long it seems real. not finished, Miss. Oh, I'm sorry. Within six hours after it first appeared, the main line flyer crashed and derailed at the far end of the tunnel. Within ten hours, the dead and the wounded were being brought through the tunnel over the spot where the figure stood. Coincidence. A tragic, remarkable coincidence. But I can't there, see... There is more, Miss. Oh, oh, please forgive me. Six or seven months passed. I had recovered from the surprise and shock when one morning, just as daylight was breaking... I looked toward the red light and saw it again. Did it cry out? No, it was silent. It didn't wave its arm? No, miss. No, it leaned against the post with both hands covering the eyes like this, as though to blot out some terrible sight. And that's why you asked me why I had put my hands to my eyes? I miss. As I came down the path? You called out the words it used the first time. You covered your eyes as it did the next time. Go on, please. That very day, as a train came out of the tunnel, I noticed a confusion of hands and heads at one of the coach platforms, and something waved. I saw it in time to flag down the engineer. He applied his brake, but the train drifted past here about a hundred yards. As I ran up to it, I heard terrible screams and cries. A beautiful young woman had fallen between the cars. Oh. She was brought in here. She died on this very spot. Between us. Oh, horrible. But I still don't see... One final word, miss, and you will judge how my mind is troubled. It came back a week ago. Ever since, it has been here. At the light? Aye. It covers its eyes. It waves its arm. It shouts, for God's sake, clear the way, clear the way. I have no rest, peace for it. It calls to me many minutes together in an agonized manner. Below there, look out, look out. It stands waving at me. It sounds the telegraph ticker. Did it sound the ticker last night while I was here? Twice. Oh, I assure you it did not sound. It was your imagination. I have never made a mistake as to that, miss. I don't wonder that you failed to hear it, but I heard it. Do you hear it now? I. What is it saying? It isn't clear. It only warns. But it doesn't say against what. It only... If I only knew what it meant. What is the danger? Where is the danger? 
There is danger overhanging somewhere on the line. Some terrible calamity will happen. Now you must set reason to... If I telegraph danger on either side of me or on both, I can give no reason for it. I would get into trouble and do no good. They would think I was mad. This is the way it would work. Message, danger, take care. Answer, what danger, where? Message, don't know, but for God's sake, take care. They were... They would displace me. What else could they do? I can help you. But you must face realistically what I have to say. Now, will you try? Yes, yes, I'll, I'll try, miss. These accidents have shaken you deeply. You feel guilt about them, even though there was nothing you could do. You've let it prey on your mind until you imagine someone tried to warn you. I unheard that someone. Even the senses can deceive when the mind is under stress. Men dying of thirst on a desert imagined lakes and hearing running streams. The bodies of the dead were real enough. I'm speaking of what you imagined after the accidents. If you let me, I'll prove to you step by step that the specter existed only in your fantasy. How can you prove that in the face of what I've told you? By appealing to the intelligent reasoning portion of your mind. Listen, you were positive when you first saw me that I was the specter. You saw up the light, now, weren't you? You used the same words. Well, now, listen you... carefully. I appeal to the intelligent, well-read, reasonable man. Three words. Hello, below there. I was 500 yards away at the top of the embankment, and you were here, below, with darkness falling, and three words made you positive you had seen me before. Can't you see you were trying to fit something to what you already believe? But then you put your hands to your eyes like... Further proof. You've allowed yourself to believe some disaster is about to befall. When I covered my eyes because of a childish fear, you fitted that to what you already believe. The telegraph ticker wasn't... You imagined. must hear me out. Would you at any other time or would anyone at any time believe that a telegraph ticker could sound in a room this small and be heard by one person and not another? But I told you And now I... the most important proof. You said that when you went to the door last night, it was there by the red danger light. Aye, it was. Will you come to the door with me now and tell me if it is still there? Do you see it? No. No, miss. It is not there. Agreed. And now I'm going to prove that it never was there. I studied the light from the top of the hill before I came down tonight. The post is at least seven feet high. The light is shielded with a hood. Even if a person stood directly under it or in front of it, they would be in complete shadow, in darkness. You couldn't see that person from this door, and you couldn't see that person if you walked to within a foot of her or him or it. I'm going to walk up the incline to the light and prove that to you now. I walked up the inclining tracks toward the red light at the mouth of the tunnel. The chill, dank wind had an edge like a cold knife. When I got to the light post, I stood directly under it. No portion of the red glow reached me. I was lost completely in the dark. I saw the signal man silhouetted in the yellow light of the doorway. Hello! Can you see me? Hello! Below there! Can you see me? No. Good! Now start walking toward me and tell me when you can see me. He stepped between the rails of the northbound track on a line with the red signal light and walked toward me. Then the icy hand of my childhood dread gripped me. There was a vague vibration of the earth and air. Far behind him, coming up the grade fast, I could begin to see the glow of the locomotive's light. 
out! Look out! For God's sake, clear the way! Clear the way! He walked as though in a spell. He didn't hear me, or wouldn't hear me. I threw my left arm up to my eyes and waved my right arm frantically. Below there! Look out! Look out! Clear the way! For God's sake, clear the way! Long after it was over, they found me, still standing there, both of my hands up to my eyes to shut out the terrible sight. Suspense. Presented by Autolite. Tonight's star, Miss Agnes Moorhead. This is Harlow Wilcox again, speaking for Autolite, world's largest independent manufacturer of automotive electrical equipment. Autolite is proud to serve the greatest names in the industry. That's why during these early months of 1953, the Autolite family joins again in saluting the leading manufacturers who install Autolite products as original equipment. Just two weeks from tonight, as a climax to this year's Autolite Family Salute program, we will present the exciting story of the first and only round-the-world auto race. Our star will be Van Johnson, and the program will be broadcast direct from the Grand Ballroom of New York's Waldorf Astoria Hotel, where the great Easter Parade of Stars auto show will be in progress. That's Monday, April the 6th, for the auto race that stirred the world. And, of course, be sure to join us next week for another story of Suspense. Next week, an American legend as we recreate the cruel murder of Laura Foster by the bitter Tom Dooley. Our star, Mr. Joseph Cotton. That's next week on Suspense. Suspense is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis, with music composed by Lucian Morrowick and conducted by Lud Gluskin. Portions of the program were transcribed. The Signal Man was adapted for Suspense by Irving Reese from the short story by Charles Dickens. In tonight's story, Joseph Kearns played The Signal Man. Agnes Moorhead has been on the road in Don Juan in Hell and can currently be seen in Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's picture, The Story of Three Loves. And remember next week, Mr. Joseph Cotton in Tom Dooley. This is the CBS Radio Network.
Autolite and its 98,000 dealers bring you the First Lady of Suspense, Miss Agnes Moorhead, in tonight's presentation of Suspense. Tonight, Autolite presents the terrifying story of a double murder and the woman who became involved in this criminal activity. Weekend special, Death. Our star, Miss Agnes Moorhead. Hey, Stan, what's baseball's brainiest manager doing out here? Ah, it's my battery, Harlow. It struck out due to no water. Well, you should have an Autolite stay-full battery, Stan. That's the perfect power pitcher that needs water only three times a year in normal car use. Sounds like a real major leaguer, Harlow. Ah, it sure is. The Autolite stay-full bats a thousand, season after season, thanks to fiberglass retaining mats around every positive plate. They reduce shedding and flaking to give the Autolite stay-full longer life, as proved by tests conducted according to accepted life cycle standards. Drop me off at the nearest Autolite battery dealer, will you, Hollow? Sure, Stan. He'll fix you up with an Autolite stay-full, the battery that says right on the case, needs water only three times a year in normal car use. Remember, Stan, from bumper to taillight, you're always right with Autolite. And now, Autolite presents transcribed Miss Agnes Moorhead in Weekend Special Death, hoping once again to keep you in suspense. Who is Franz? I am. I'm Lee Stanley. Oh. What is all this? Uh, maybe you can help us, Mr. Stanley. The woman says she works for you. Rita, she certainly does work for me. She's worked for me for two years or more. Why are you holding her? Uh, what does she do for you? My secretary. Look, if I can't get any answers from you, I'd just as soon call Captain Hilliard at home. I understand you're an attorney, Mr. Stanley. I am. Right now, you might consider that she's my client and I want to see her. I'm warning you, Franz, I won't tolerate any irregularities. You're holding her and I have a right to see her. Come on. I'll be in 201 for a couple of minutes. Okay, Lieutenant. We got her down the hall here, Mr. Stanley. Booked yet? Not yet. When we picked her up and tried to get some information from her, she just gave us her name and address and asked us to call you. That's all we know, except, of course, the two guys she was with. She was with two men? Yep. Well, where are they? Are you holding them? Sort of. What do you mean? They're dead. Yeah, Mr. Stanley, your secretary killed them. In there. Go ahead, Mr. Stanley. She's waiting for you. Yeah, yeah. Lee? Lee, is that you? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a very nice way to spend a Sunday morning, is it? No, no. Hi. Hi. We, we... <laughs> Oh, what is it? Tell me. Lee, it was... It was one of those silly things. Just one of the silliest things that could possibly happen. Two men are dead, Rita. I know, but Lee, I've heard you say it many times. You've even said it to me. If you're arrested and taken into custody, just give your name and address and ask for your lawyer. You say that to people all the time. You've said it many times. I've heard you. I've heard you. I know. You did right. Well, I asked for you. I wanted to tell you. 
I never thought I'd be... Lee, it was so silly, so, so very silly. Coffee was 92 cents a pound, and they had a special on steak, $1.15 for T-bones, and there were some bakery goods. What? The weekend specials. Well, yesterday afternoon, in the office, I was making out my list for the week. Oh. And I was getting my list ready. I was going to stop in the market on my way home. Potatoes, carrots, okra. Need some lettuce in here. Radishes, celery. Elmwood, four, eight, three, two, one. Mr. Stanley is in the office right now. Is there any message? Yes, I'll tell him. Thank you for calling. Goodbye. Hello. Oh, hello. My name is Tony LaFerro. Is Mr. Stanley in? Oh, hello, Mr. LaFerro. I've heard Mr. Stanley speak of you. I'm Miss Dorsey, Mr. Stanley's secretary. I'm sorry he isn't in right now, but he's due back any minute. Then I'd like to wait for him. Yes, of course. Take a chair over there. Sure. Thanks. Didn't know whether anybody would be here or not. Saturday afternoon and all. I was going to call him at home if I didn't get him here. Well, we're usually not here on Saturday afternoons. But Mr. Stanley had to be in court this morning, and then he had to attend a luncheon. I see. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? That's well. Not for me. Oh? When you said you'd heard Mr. Stanley speak of me, you mean that you know about the trouble I'm in. Well, I'm sure Mr. Stanley will be able to help you, Mr. LaFaro. Otherwise, he wouldn't be handling the case. I just don't understand how people can be that way. I didn't take that car. It was mine. It belonged to us, me and my wife. I had a right to sell it, and how she can charge me with theft, I don't know. I can't understand any of these things. Well, my fit. Hello, Tony. Stanley. What's up now? My wife's back in this country. She's going to throw some more charges at me. That's right. I received a letter this morning. I'm out on bail now, waiting for my trial and that other thing when they put me back in. You better come in my office. I brought those receipts and fill a sale on the car that you asked me to find. Good. All right, if I leave now, Mr. Stanley? Uh, go on in, Tony. I'll be in a minute. Make yourself comfortable. You sure. Rita, uh, any plans this afternoon? I want to get my shopping done. Why? Well, I hate to ask this. It's such a swell afternoon and all, but he's in more trouble than he knows. There are two new warrants against him for grand theft. I want some information before they're executed, if possible. I'll need you. Oh, Lee. I'm sorry. These things happen now and then. Well, I'll get my book. I was going to play golf, if it helps you any. Well, it doesn't. You know something? What? That mild, sweet little man, he's so polite and gentle. How could he get into all this trouble? Because that mild, sweet little man is a liar and a thief, and they usually get into trouble. Oh, you're all... If he had a gun, he'd as soon blow your head off as look at you. Sorry I ever took him on as a client. Well, let's get started. Anthony and LaFerro was so quiet and soft, and when he looked at me with those big brown Latin eyes while I was taking notes, I, I knew how wrong everything had been for him. You, you as usual, were all lawyer. He'd talk and you'd tell him he was lying and make him tell it to you another way. It was all so involved. 
coming about him stealing a car from his divorced wife and her being in England. Oh, I don't know. I just took notes. Six. Well, that's enough for now. Where are you staying? The motel. You go back there right now and stay there. I'll call you Monday morning after I talk to Judge Presley. But I'm going to tell you one thing. This is going to cost you money. Oh, don't worry. I, I can pay. Thank you for your time. Sure. Good night. Good night. And good night, Miss Dawson. Good night. Sorry I messed up your afternoon. Oh, it's all right. Oh. Mm. Where's my coat? There. Oh. What about these? Oh, they have to be typed up. But when? I'll need them first thing Monday when I talk to the judge. When can you do them? I better do them right now, Lee. Oh, you're tired. Well, I'm busy tomorrow, and I don't want to take them home. I think I'll just stay here and get them out right now. Well, thanks. I better be getting along. You as well. Just a minute. Hmm? I have to go shopping before the stores close tonight. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Here's your check. Thanks. I'm flat broke. See you Monday. Night, boss. Night. You were swell to stay with you. Well, it took me until 8.30 to type up the notes. And after that, I drove straight to Jack's Market. It's about two blocks from my apartment. I wanted to cash my check, get the groceries, and go home. My idea was to have a little something to eat and get to bed early. Well, it didn't work out that way. Wait! Hey! Wait, please! Huh? Oh, thank you. Thank you. You, you aren't closed, are you? Afraid we are, miss. It's five after nine now. Oh, there's still some people in there. I can see them. Well, they got here before nine. Well, what time is it now? Five after Oh, I haven't got a thing in the house to eat. I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to let any more customers in after nine. That's why they put me here. Oh, dear. There's just nothing in the house at all for dinner. I'm sorry. We're open from ten to six tomorrow. Could you come back then? Yes, of course. But what about now, tonight? What do you want? Well, I could get by with a little steak. Well, just something for now. I just got off work well, and I... I'm looking now. You go ahead. Oh, thank but you. don't say anything to anybody. It'll be my neck. Just pretend you got here before now. I got you. Go that way. As long as I did get in, and I decided I'd do all of my shopping. It wouldn't hurt anybody if I was just a little late. You know how it is in a store. You wheel back and forth looking for what you want. At least I do. And that's what I did there. I was way in the back of the store, and I didn't notice it when they turned off the overhead fans. And I didn't notice that there wasn't anybody front at the cash register. But I did notice it when all the lights suddenly went out. Jack's Market. You know how they are. Always built in from the street so that you can park on any side. 
Well, that's fine when you want to park, but when you're locked inside at night, you want to get somebody's attention so you can get out. It isn't so fine at all. As a matter of fact, it's terrible. After a few minutes, I went to the hardware counter and got a flashlight and waved it for a half an hour. And when nobody saw it or paid any attention to it, I got worried. I was more worried when I got in the phone booth and found out I didn't have anything but a check. And I couldn't open any of the cash registers or the door to the little office in the back. I want you to know things got a little worse about two in the morning. After I'd settled for a pint of milk and a piece of cheese and stretched out with a sack of flour for a pillow. Something, something woke me up. Something near the side entrance. Okay, got him grounded. Let's go. No, wait here till I get set up. Keep an eye open. Here, take this. Let me show that face. One of them, the bigger one, went to the little office carrying a load of tools with him. But he didn't worry me, but the other one, the one in the white overalls and the hat worried me a lot. He didn't see me, but I saw him. Your client, Lee, the liar and the thief who'd as soon blow your head off as look at you. His name was LaFaro, and this time he had a gun in his hand. Autolite is bringing you Miss Agnes Moorhead in Weekend Special Death. Tonight's presentation in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Well, Harlow, I signed up an Autolite Stay Full battery. Ah, smart move, Stan. You got yourself a real pennant winner. With that great battery that needs water only three times a year in normal car use? And they tell me that Autolite Stayful has a life that's longer than an umpire's face, Harlow. <laughs> yes, sir, Stan. Fiberglass retaining mats protect every positive plate to reduce shedding and flaking and give the Autolite Stayful longer life, as proved by tests conducted according to accepted life cycle standards. The Autolite Stayful really makes a hit with me, Harlow. And with everybody who wants a battery with pep, Power and peak performance every time. Friends, visit your Autolite battery dealer. He services all makes of batteries. And if you need a new battery, he has the Autolite Stay Full. The battery that needs water only three times a year in normal car use. Remember, from bumper to tail light, you're always right with Autolite. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Miss Agnes Moorhead in Elliot Lewis's production of... Weekend Special Death, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. When I was in high school, I went with a boy named Rudy. After school, he worked at a filling station with a pay telephone booth in it. 
And when Rudy wanted to call me, and nickels were very scarce in those days, he had a way of making a call without any money. I remembered Rudy, bless his heart, married five children, and I certainly had a call to make. Well, two men were drilling holes in a safe. One of them had a gun, and I was locked in a supermarket with them, and I wanted to tell somebody. Well, I took off my shoes and got myself up to the telephone booth. I left the door open so the light wouldn't go on, and then I went to work the way Rudy showed me, and I must have done something right. Good old Rudy. Oh. Hello. Is there anybody there? Hello. Oh, please. Hello. This is the special operator. Oh. Oh, hello. This is the special operator. Hello. This is the special operator. Are you having difficulty? Oh, I certainly am. You'll have to speak louder. I can't hear you clearly. I'm in trouble. I'm locked in Jackson. I'm sorry, miss. I can't hear you. I can't talk any louder. What is it, miss? I'm in trouble. I'm locked in a supermarket. There are too many are trying to open the safe. Well, this connection's very bad. What number are you calling That about? doesn't make any difference. I'll I... have to know your number before I can help you. Well, it's, it's Evergreen 50972. What number are you calling from? It's Evergreen 50972. Now, listen to me. I want you to get the police over here, right? very bad, miss. You hang up. I'll bring oh, I... you right back. See if I can make a proper connection. No, don't, don't hang up. No, no. This one look. Yeah, I guess I'm getting old or something. Any other phones in this place? Just this one and the one in the office. You told me that. Yeah. Besides, how would a phone get off the hook by itself? I don't know. How would it? You may be getting old at that. I'm not too old to take you in on a job so you can get some money to get yourself out of a jam. Oh, you old guys, give me a thing. Ah. I was behind the post-toasty display, I think. They were about ten feet from me. As long as I just saw them and they didn't see me, I was happy. I was willing to let them rob the safe. I was willing to stay in the store all night. I was willing to do anything as long as I didn't get hurt. Uh oh. <gasps> hey. Oh, what, what are you going to do? I'm going to answer. Well, a minute ago, you... that was a minute ago. This is now. Well, look, you can just let it go and it'll stop ringing. Who calls a pay booth this time of night? The wrong number, you know that. And I'll tell whoever it is. Operator? Yeah. Is this Evergreen 50972? No. No, no. No, I'm sorry. No one could possibly have called me here in the last five hours. I'm the night watchman. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Right. Yeah? There's somebody in here. I'm trying to use that phone two minutes ago. Dang. Dang. Yeah. All right, come out, wherever you're hiding. Hey, you crazy suppose she's got a gun. If you did, she'd have used it by now. Come on, come out. Okay. You take that aisle, I'll take this one. 
All right, Tom. There was one advantage. I knew they could have used a flashlight and nobody on the street would have seen it, but they didn't know that. So it all went on in the dark. The chase, I mean. I crawled, they walked, I slithered, they, they crept. There was one point when I was near the soup counter and they were off in the vegetable market. I thought I was safe. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Come on, get out. Bring her back to the office where we can use the light. Come on, you. I take it easy, take it easy. Oh, that stuff, that's real tough. Come on, shut up. All right, get the door. Yeah. Hi. This Dorsey, isn't it? Well, you, you know her? Yeah. Uh, works for my lawyer. Oh, oh, swear. How'd you get in here? Well, come on, can't you talk? I... I was locked in by mistake when they closed the store. I was locked in. You said that. I didn't have any change. I couldn't call anyone. No? No! I didn't want to be here. I don't care if you rob this store. I don't care what you do. I don't tell anybody. That's so. Yes, yes. Just let me go. I won't... But you did make one call. I'm locked in a supermarket. There are two men here. That's about the way it went with the operator, isn't it? Kind of nice in a certain light. I said that to myself this afternoon. (laughs) Kind of nice. Stanley says I lie all the time, doesn't he? I've never discussed you with Mr. Stanley. What are we going to do? Huh? I said, what are we going to do? We're going to finish the job. I need some money. What about her? She's seen both of us. She could pick us out of a show-up mug pile. I got two losses already, and so you. I know. Well, what are we going to do? Relax. She isn't going to say anything or pick out our pictures. Huh? No. We'll kill her, Fred. He wasn't lying then, Lee. Not one bit. I knew that. I knew it the minute he looked at me. He told me to sit down on the floor facing the wall. I did, expecting a bullet in my back any minute. Instead, I had to sit like that while they went to work on the safe again. Come on, hurry it up. Hurry it up, will you? Go on as fast as I can. Don't open one of these things in 15 seconds, you know. Doing my best. Ow, lousy. You pushed it too hard. That's why it broke. Well, you're pushing me too hard. Get it open. We haven't got it all night. Just a second. Uh, you, uh, ever seen a safe crack before? Hey, you. No. No, I haven't. <laughs> Pretty interesting. Huh? How are we doing? It's close. Just a little bit here now. Yeah, okay. Okay. I tried it. Okay. <clears throat> no, no, not yet. Well, it should be. Well, I tell you. Ah. Yeah. Ah. All right, let's get loaded up and get out of here. Right. Mr. Dorsey, that's a very interesting project. Cracking a safe. Yes, I'm sure it is. Oh, knock it off. How much you make a week? Sixty dollars. Sixty a week, huh? Tell me you know how much I'm making this week for two hours' work, do you? No. I'm making... <laughs> well, I haven't got time to count it now. Okay, that's it. All right, let's go. 
All right, baby. Where? Where to? That way. Out, out there? It's as good a place as any. Well, the noise. I'll jam this into one of the flower sacks. We'll kill it. All right, get the lights and let's get out of here. I was surprised how anxious I was to live, even with those two men on the same planet with me. My eyes were pretty used to the dark by the time we were out in the aisle, passing the ginger ale display. You ever break a plate glass window? Well, I did. Leave <laughs> that bottle. Oh, you lying. Oh, you crazy fool. You hit me. Fred! Fred! Where are you? Where are you? things all night long. This time it was the other one. The dead one. Sooner or later, baby! I didn't see it in the dark on the floor, but I I, I felt it. His gun! For you, Lieutenant? Yeah, that's plenty. Can I go home now? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You don't want to hold around these charges that homicide was justifiable? Yeah, well, that isn't what worries me. Well, what does? What have I done now? Rudy. What was his last name? Huh? He may still be walking around making free phone calls. Maybe I want to talk to him. You're my lawyer. What do I say to him? Nothing, baby. You said enough. Come on, I'll take you home. Bye. Suspense. Presented by Autolite. Tonight's star, Miss Agnes Moorhead. This is Harlow Wilcox for Autolite, the world's largest independent manufacturer of automotive electrical equipment. In 28 plants from coast to coast, the men and women of Autolite build over 400 products for cars, trucks, tractors, planes, boats, and industry. Autolite contributes its manufacturing experience and skills to the fields of transportation, electronics, agriculture, die-casting, and plastics. The Autolite name is famous all over the world for products of unsurpassed quality and performance. In service, too, Autolite facilities are worldwide. Wherever you travel, you'll find trained experts prepared to serve you. So, for superior products, always look for the name Autolite. Because from bumper to taillight, you're always right with Autolite. Next week, the true story of an escape to freedom in which it has been necessary to change the names of all the principal participants in order that their survivors, still imprisoned, may live. It's called Listen, Young Lovers. Our stars, Mona Freeman... And Robert Wagner. That's next week on...
Suspense. Suspense is transcribed and directed by Elliot Lewis, with music composed by Lucian Morrowick and conducted by Lud Gluskin. Weekend Special Death was written for Suspense by E. Jack Newman. In tonight's story, Anthony Barrett was heard as Tony and Joseph Kearns as Fred. Featured in the cast were High Aberback, Whitfield Connor, Mary Jane Croft, and Barney Phillips. Agnes Moorhead is now appearing in the universal production of The Magnificent Obsession and will start on tour in October in her one-woman show, The Fabulous Redhead. And remember, next week, Mona Freeman and Robert Wagner in Listen, Young Lovers. Buy Autolite Stay Full Batteries, Autolite Original Service Parts, or Autolite Standard or Resistor-type spark plugs at your neighborhood Autolite dealers. Switch to Autolite. Good night. More than half a million children and adults are afflicted with cerebral palsy. Your dollars will help to cure and prevent this disease. Will you send a contribution tonight to your local affiliate of United Cerebral Palsy? This is the CBS Radio Network. Well, guys, that does it for Miss Agnes Moorhead and her performance on the show this morning. I hope you guys enjoyed her performance today. Join me tomorrow night, guys, as I bring to the show my Thanksgiving Part 3 episode starring Miss Margaret O'Brien and Miss... Murray Wilson and Miss Joan Banks in the CBS comedy show, My Friend Irma. Then stay tuned for this coming Friday as I bring back to the show Mr. Bud Abbott and Lou Costello in the Abbott and Costello show. And join me next Tuesday, guys, as I bring to the show Miss Judy Garland and Miss Margaret O'Brien once again in Meet Me in St. Louis to kick off our Christmas Spectacular Part 3. I want to once again thank everyone who has listened and subscribed to my podcast since day one. I really do appreciate it, guys. And also, to give you guys an update, I am going to be sending the money that I've received from my podcast to Toys for Tots to help them with their campaign next Friday. I want to once again thank everyone who has listened and subscribed to my podcast. I really do appreciate it, guys. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your families. Please join me tomorrow night for Thanksgiving Part 3. Have a wonderful day, guys. And always remember to enjoy the show. Thanks.